Hello there. Pizza like to welcome you to Banter on Bespin. So uncivilized. Excuse me. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is week eight of Banter on Bespin. I hope you all are having a wonderful week so far. Andy's a little bit sick, so excuse us if the sound quality is a little lower than usual, except uh, it's always low, so probably not. Other than that, how are you doing, Andy? <laughs> Great. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big General Grievous sympathizer this week now with the with the chest congestion problems, but, uh, no, uh, other than just a slight tickle in my throat, I am, uh, I'm doing pretty well, good. good. Um, I think we can just go right into the news for this week. Uh, we've, we've watched a lot of Star Wars content, but they have announced four new books are going to be released coming in 2022. Uh, we can just run through all four real quick. And then if there's one or two, you want to down on the can. Yeah. So let's start with yeah. Star Wars Shadow of the Sith. It's going to be written by Adam Christopher. It takes place after Return of the Jedi. And we're we going to follow Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian on a mission to locate Exegol. Um, probably, let's uh, circle back to that one. That's probably the most interesting to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Most relevant to yeah. probably with recent canon. The second book is Star Wars Brotherhood, written by Mike Chen. Follows Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars and uh, Skywalker's rise to Jedi Knight. Star Wars Stories of Jedi and Sith is a new like young adult anthology. It features adventures from ten different authors. And then the last book is a young adult novel, Star Wars Padawan, by Kirsten White, depicts Obi-Wan in his early days as a student of Qui-Gon Jinn. But let's circle back, Star Wars Shadow of the Sith, uh, written by Adam Christopher, takes place after Return of the Jedi. We're going to go on this mission with Luke and Lando to find Exegol. Obviously, they didn't find it, but... Um, right. What do you think? What do you think this story could? What kind of ride could we go on here? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm glad they announced this because this was the uh, one of my biggest complaints about the Rise of Skywalker was it was kind of a big chase throughout everything, and um, you had a chase to find. Um, Ochi, then you had to chase to find the Death Star wreckage that the knife was on, and you had to chase to find Exegol. Yeah. And I feel like none of it was, like, super fleshed mm -hmm. out. And, uh, like, when Lando was talking in The Rise of Skywalker, how that story between he and Luke, and uh, I just thought that would be a really cool and neat story. Because um, we never really got to see Luke and uh, Lando really do yeah much. they weren't they didn't interact a whole lot no they were on the same team but it was always like when you think of lando you just think well, of even, even when he came back that. in episode nine they didn't really interact which i mean no yeah he just yeah. flew yeah and that was it um so that one i think will uh and i don't i think you kind of have a bad movie if you need books to understand the movie yeah. better um but i think it will be a better part that uh well, might make the movie 
make a little yep. more sense at the end of the day. So I'm pretty excited for that one. And, uh, and the Obi-Wan and Anakin one, always down for more Obi-Wan yeah, sure. and Anakin more, stories. More Clone Wars. Yeah. I mean, we're probably going to end up in a place where every single gap is filled in the Clone Wars timeline. So Yeah. But uh, with that one, hopefully, maybe more Rex, maybe more Soka. Yep. Who knows? But still pretty I agree. cool. I definitely agree. And uh, goal is to have uh, Into the Storm done by the time those really so his goal well, is to read his second book of the year but we all know that's not gonna happen though and maybe if i have covid that'll <laughs> uh it'll give me opportunity that's god saying hey son uh, you need to read this uh into the storm book that you've been promising it's for possible months. this is your punishment for not you've promised our listeners this review and it's just not happening so nothing not anywhere there close to There are three down. very disappointed people out there somewhere. Yes. Sorry, rule for my boy. Uh, I got you back next Shout time. Out. All right, guys. Well, that's all the news. There wasn't a whole lot this week. Um, let's go into everyone's favorite segment, no matter what Andy says. Sheets Comic Store, episode eight of this podcast within a podcast this week. Star Wars volume three. Rebel Jail. If you guys have been listening along, I think it was three weeks ago now, I covered Star Wars Volume 2. The week before, I did Volume 1. Um, volume 1 blew my mind. It was great. Volume 2 was a decent follow-up. I'm going to... Those, those were the ones with uh, Luke like going into Obi-Wan's old yes. house. Yes, that books. was Volume 1. Volume 2 was yeah. Luke... Uh, Ended up fighting that giant monster in the Coliseum, and then all of our rebels kind of ended the yes. volume two, escaping Darth Vader and the the Empire, basically. Right. So volume three actually starts with uh, Star Wars Annual number one. It's a little different. Um, okay. So I think it was back in 2015, Star Wars Annual volume one came out, and it seems like it's not connected when you first read it. It's we follow this guy. He is uh. He's a rebel spy. He's on Coruscant. Um, I need to get his name here because he's pretty important to this whole <laughs> this whole arc. Is it's it Enab Ray. Um, the rebel line spy Enab Ray. He has infiltrated uh, like the the capital of Coruscant. He's like within the Empire. They don't know he's a spy, obviously. Um, so he gets a call from Leia. Leia tells him. He needs to go to this ship and rescue this group of like senators that are about to be executed. Basically, the em- the emperor's going to come like talk to them one more time and give them a chance, but they're all going to end up executed. So okay. he gets there. He realizes when he he gets into the room with all the senators, and um, they're all they're all basically like, "Oh, thank goodness you're here. The emperor is coming." So he's he calls Leia back. He's like, "Hey, I know the mission was rescue the senators, but uh, how about we try to kill the emperor instead?" Always a good, always a good plan when you have yes. the opportunity. So Leia kind of reluctantly agrees. She doesn't want to lose all of their Coruscant spies because it's such a vital planet, obviously. But she agrees. Right. 
the plan seems like it's going pretty well. They take out all of the Imperial Guards. They kind of, they dress up as the Senators, the six or seven spies, whatever it was. They dress up as the Senators. <laughs> They're supposed to be having this hearing with the Emperor. They get in there. They take out all of the Royal Guard. And it they make it seem like they take out Palpatine. But then it cuts to another panel. And Palpatine is on a ship, basically. And he's like, ha, ah, that's my body double. Suck it. <laughs> so then our spy Enid Ray jumps over this platform onto Palpatine's ship and as it starts flying away he realizes like I done screwed up um, right because <laughs> he's the only one yeah, on there he has this thought yeah. before so Palpatine ends up like shocking him off the ship and he makes it seem like he dies he has this thought before he goes that like the rebels can't behave the way they are they have to be more like ruthless or else they're just never going to defeat the emperor because it's more of like a more of like a sauger yeah exactly that's a good way to think of it he he sees what the emperor does with the body double and how he plays like absolute mind games and it's just like a come to jesus moment of there's no way we're going to win if we don't stoop to their level a little bit more in some ways right so that was the end of star wars annual number one and then we go back into like the the next issue of the official Star Wars line or whatever. We open with um, Leia and Sana, the one who claimed that she was Han's wife, and now we realize she's not. We open with them. They have captured Dr. Aphra. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Aphra. Yes. Um, Scientist, Yeah, she's a scientist who is kind of, let's call her like Vader's, not right hand, but like they work on a lot of stuff together. Her invader. Did she work with Thrawn? I ever? I haven't read her comic series, so I don't wanna I don't okay. wanna speculate without knowing for sure. But maybe that'll be in okay. future episodes of this podcast within Ooh. a podcast. Um, so they have captured Doctor Afra, and they're taking her to this rebel prison, which is like it's it's right next to a sun. Um, so like, instead of being gloomy and kind of dark, the prison is super bright, um, and no one knows about it except for like select few rebels. This isn't like a well-known place. So basically they have the sun at the back of the prison, so there's no way for them to be flanked from behind. And then in the front, they have it loaded with like tons of ion cannons. That's how it's like protected, basically. And that's also how the the Empire hasn't discovered it, because it's like, no one's going to get that close to the sun unless they have a death wish. So, they kind of lock up Dr. Afra, and from there, let's cut, to, let's cut to Luke and Han Solo on a mission of their own. Han is playing Sabacc with uh, Rebel Money. He Luke is like, we're supposed to get supplies, Han, you're going to lose all of our money. Han is like, uh, no, kid, I'm going to double our money, and then the the Rebel Alliance can get way more supplies, and I'll take my cut, obviously, because... And, uh, naturally, he gets caught cheating. They lose all the money. Did he do the old card? I believe he did, but uh, they they caught him. He was up about double, and he got greedy, and they finally caught him. So then they took off, and... Han is basically like, well, I guess we got to do some smuggling to get the money back. So he sends Luke on this 
on this mission to find them like a smuggle run or whatever. He says it needs to be around like 10,000 credits. Luke comes back and he's like, I got one for 5,000 credits. And we cut to the ship. Han asks what they're smuggling. And I don't know if you remember a little line from The Empire Strikes Back where Leia says Han is a stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. Yes, my wife calls yeah, me that quite it a It turns bit. out yeah. uh, Luke and Han Solo are smuggling a Millennium Falcon full of nerfs. A herd of nerfs is being smuggled in the Millennium Falcon. That's yeah. great. That's perfect. So basically, the rest of the next like five issues, when we do cut back to Luke and Han, it's not anything super important. It's just them smuggling nerfs. And Han, at the end, tells Luke he better clean up the ship or Chewie will kill them both. Not a right. super important plot line, but they took just a funny quote that no one really understood the meaning behind, and it turns out he really was a scruffy-looking nerf herder. What did these nerfs look like? I would very, like, sheep that haven't been uh, shaved in a very long time. Yeah, That's fantastic. That's and uh, apparently they, they take giant deuces all over wherever they're at, so the Money Falcon was kind of stinking. <laughs> Yeah, it's wonderful. So then, so that's pretty much where that heads. Um, at the end, they kind of meet back up with Leia, but nothing super vital comes from from Luke and Han. Mm. So we can just kind of mm. focus in on this prison scenario for the rest of the time we're talking about that. So they lock up Doctor Afra, and they basically are like, "Yeah, this is the most secure prison ever. Uh, no one knows about it. No one could ever break in here." Cut to someone breaking in to the prison. Naturally. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So Leia and Sana get trapped in like a cell block. And this person comes over the intercom. They're like, basically tell Leia like, yeah, we have control now. Uh, I am the captain now is basically what they're, they're going with. And uh, so they basically tell Leia like, hey, we're not on the Empire side or anything. We just are here to show you. You can't keep behaving the way you're behaving and expect to beat them. So you you have blasters. We're going to let all these prisoners out in the block you're in right now, and you have to kill them, or you're not going to survive. Yeah. Jeez. So this person, like, it, the infiltrators who've taken over the prison, they're all wearing masks and costumes, so you don't really get a look at them or anything. But um, Leia and... Sana are doing, like, everything they can. And then Dr. Afra joins them, so they're all teamed up now. They're, like, reluctantly working together in order to survive, but they're, Leia's not letting anyone kill anyone. But then That's the prisoners great. end up, like, somehow partially killing themselves, and then I think Dr. Afra kills a few. So the whole cell block dies anyways, even though Leia wasn't, like, doing any of the killing. Um, right. And then they... There's a couple of issues that's just... It seemed like filler, but it was still pretty interesting. Some good artwork. Um, but uh, towards the end of the storyline, we get the reveal. This person who infiltrated and took over the prison was the the Enib, the Enib guy, the the, the spy oh, from Star that... Wars Annual Number One that I told you about. Turns out he had survived the fall. He's like disformed now, but uh, Chewie and I mean, R2-D2 and C-3PO end up getting uh, control of the ship back for Leia. 
at that point they unmask him and he gives the whole big speech like you can't defeat the empire if this is the way you're gonna like treat if you're gonna keep prisoners without torturing them for information you're never gonna get what you need like stuff like that so it's just it's really like your classic villain scenario like good guy turned anti-hero scenario sort of thing but right that's really it wasn't super deep story there was like four issues covering it um Mm -hmm. and then there's one more issue at the end of volume three it's i don't know if you remember when luke found the journal in obi-wan's um yeah so we get about 20 ish pages of that it's another story from obi-wan's journal so it's it is um luke crashes this ship he's flying and owen tells him he's never allowed to fly again and then uh, Obi-Wan, like, drops off parts to repair the ship at Luke, like, their place. And he's like, yeah. wow, thanks, Owen. I appreciate it. And Owen's like, what are you talking about? So Owen finds it. He <laughs> grabs the box. He goes and confronts Obi-Wan at his hut. He's like, dude, I know you're the one. They're, like, everyone else on this planet has been attacked by... um." Like sand people, my farm's the only one that's been safe. I know what you're doing. Yep. We have already <laughs> decided you cannot train him. And Obi Wan's like, I know, but he has so much potential. And then Owen's like, Oh, you mean like his dad did, who you got killed? Because I don't think Owen knows he's Darth Vader. But um, right. So Owen basically tells Obi Wan to stay the heck away from from Luke. That's that's what that issue was. It was just another story to kind of. But it also really harped on the fact that Obi-Wan knew, even when Luke was a child, he had so much potential. Like, he was... Just since... Yeah. He was, like, very tempted to to work with Luke. He just... Owen was the guardian, so he kind of respected it. It's because your, uh, your boy Darth Maul even knew. His dying yeah. words were... Is he the chosen one? Right. He will avenge us. Well, Obi-Wan, there was a line from Obi-Wan. He said, like, I'm not Master Yoda. I won't survive 800 years. There will be a time when Luke will have to fend for himself. Right. Well, that was pretty interesting. No, that uh, that sounds like, like you said, maybe not like the most interesting, like, story. or Earth-shattering. Well, so like, it's kind of, I think, I'm starting to think of, the the mainline Star Wars Marvel series, there's there's over ten volumes. I know this for sure. So I'm starting to think of it kind of right. like a Clone Wars, where you're bound to have some filler, but this the main like the meat of the story is really good. Well, and I still think there's like uh, the most interesting thing to me about it was the whole uh, like moral philosophy of war yeah. in and of itself of like, you know, you have to, yeah, yeah, you want to play by the rules, but you, you may not necessarily right. be able to win. Yeah. And, um, my hope is that we see that idea extrapolated a little bit more in the Andor mm-hmm. series, because I mean, we even got a glimpse of Andor just shooting the yeah. informant right there. And, uh, I really liked the, like moral lines of gray. I really think it's a matter of like in the comic, they made it seem like Leia is the one with this hard line of no killing, no torturing. 
but there were other people who yeah. are who are working with Leia even like they don't feel the same way. Right. Well, and I feel like in Star Wars, um, it's not necessarily like now, because I feel like we get a lot of more blended stuff now, but in the original trilogy, it was very like a good mm-hmm. versus evil. These are clearly good. These people are yeah. clearly evil. Um, so I like it when they kind yeah, of muddle that. For sure. They were bit. treating Leia as like, um, as like the the classic comic Superman, like she will not, she will not do wrong. And then everyone else is like, well, like Sana is like a Batman, like she's she's not necessarily going to kill anyone, but if she has to do a couple of things that maybe aren't super morally, you know, yeah, they they may about a couple. Of yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Overall, though, I'm probably like. It was good enough that I will continue. I'll I'll read volume four probably in sometime in the next month, yeah. and then I'll see where it goes from there. I think so far it's it's just been a well developed little little story to follow between episodes five and six for sure. Right. Overall right. rating, I'm gonna go uh, three point one lightsabers out of five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, it and it makes sense that like. In these comic lines, there's going to be big, overarching yeah. like arcs, or like big, like overarching themes and everything. Um, and then you're going to obviously have some just like filler, like even the the Han and that Luke was, thing. I know that's like, filler, but that's cool. I don't care. Yeah, as as long as the filler is yeah. like that, I yeah. don't really care. As long as it's like explaining Easter eggs or anything like that, yeah. like that's cool to me. That's cool. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 8 of Sheets Comics Corner. Come back next week for your favorite segment on our show. I think now it's time, Andy, we're going to talk about Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. The the moment everyone has been waiting for. Yeah, so you were, I think, a little more hyped about it than I was. Now that, um, now that you've seen it, I, though... No, it's it's cool. This uh, there, I haven't seen like all the Lego. I haven't either. Stuff. No. Um, but like the, uh, I would call them like their bigger Lego yeah, projects. Like, like the one Hollywood or two a year where they character. put out a trailer. Otherwise, they just kind of yeah. ghost release them, and you don't know about them. Right. Um. No, it was it was cool. It uh, it basically um, it starts off uh. Vader just built his castle mm-hmm. on Mustafar and Palpatine's like, Oh, cool. Well, uh, yeah, you can't stay here because we have to go rule a galaxy. So uh, sorry <laughs> about your luck. And he leaves, uh, Vader leaves a handler there to take care of him. I don't know if it's the same guy from rogue one, but he's still in like the little, yeah, hidden. it might be, but if I don't know, yeah. it, um, and so, uh, it's like years later, after episode nine, Poe has to crash land on mm-hmm. Mustafar, and a uh, member of the Hut family is turning the uh, the castle into a big hotel resort yeah. type thing. And the handler is still uh, living there, and the Hut guy is like, "Yeah, he came with the place. Can't get rid of him." <laughs> and, uh, so there is a uh, so Poe's there, and he meets this uh, little boy named I believe his name was Dean. I was 
I was really holding out hope this was somehow going to be Broom Boy, but it it wasn't. So unless Broom Boy's name I don't is know. Dean, the most the most Star Wars name <laughs> in the history of Star Wars is uh, is Dean, and so the uh, the handler needs Dean and Poe's help to unlock a Sith holocron in the secrets in Vader's castle. So there's uh, three different objects. Um, What's the first one? I'm already blanking on the first one. What was the first? Oh, Kylo Ren's mask. The mask of Ren. It was the mask of Ren. It it wasn't Kylo Ren's mask. It was like the mask of of the leader of the the Ren clan. And I'm pretty sure... I don't know if you've read them yet, but I'm pretty sure that's the same leader that's in the actual like Kylo Ren yeah. comics. Yeah, line that came out. Um, so that was uh that was the first item, and the handler tells like a scary story with all a these terrifying tale. And, you might uh, say a terrifying tale. You could say that's right. And uh, the second item, which was uh really cool, was a like an ancient lightsaber, like an ancient Sith lightsaber that like caused someone to be like possessed and go crazy as soon yeah. as they wielded it. Um, and the third terrifying tale was uh, the Wookiee's paw. Yes. The Wookiee's hey, paw, which acts paw. like a, That's right. Brought to us by our good friend, uh, Watto. Um, his shop is now closed, sadly. But uh Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Watto. Um and that story was about if uh Luke joined Vader on the dark side. So it was it was a I think it was like forty five minutes in total. It was a really fun and quick watch and uh I giggled a lot through it. Um what was your favorite of the three objects and or story? Of the three I'm gonna Probably go with the Kylo Ren one because the jokes were. This is obviously made for ten year olds, but the jokes yes. were so on the nose that I could not help but laugh. Like when they explained the origins of what Kylo means. Yeah, I think it was something like, just like stupid idiot. Let's just say it was that. It was something very similar, like that, or like. Whiny, yeah, like whiny so, boy. He's got or all these knights boy. of Ren taunting him. They're like, "Oh, you're such a Kylo, you're Kylo," and then he's like, "Keep saying it. It's kind of growing on me." Yeah, <laughs> and then they just yeah. stuck with it. Um, yeah, that we, one was. We cool. also got the, uh, the most- like, don't forget, we got Darth Maul creeped up with his eight spider legs into Palpatine's little little room. Palpatine goes, uh, "Hey, you've got legs again. A lot of them." <laughs> and then he proceeds we proceed to get Darth Maul dueling General Grievous yeah that was the one where I'm like okay if you can like make this into like a yeah. serious like uh, like comic issue or mm-hmm. like TV show arc I'd yeah. be all for it but uh, that one was still good and uh, my favorite was probably the Darth Vader uh-huh. and Luke one because it reminded me of like those good night Darth Vader like yeah. children's books where like Darth Vader is like being <laughs> a dad to Luke and Leia, but he's in like the full like Darth Vader uh-huh. stuff. And uh, that one was great. And uh, when 
he I, okay spoilers <laughs> if you guys are really concerned about spoilers um after uh leia blows up the death star because luke uh-huh. got in the way and uh, he said oh man i wanted to be the world's best pilot and darth vader said uh, well you are now because he accidentally blew up the death star <laughs> that, yeah that was great so uh no it was it was a really good time um and i got my wish we got the return of the famous yep, kip yep. yep the kip yep was back um no, I, I laughed. It was funny. If you, uh, if anybody out there has like young kids, um, it would be a good like Halloween thing. You Cause you don't need kids. Like, you just watch this. I don't care how old you are. This is funny. It is pretty scary though. There's it's a couple jump scares. Couple Roger scary. Rogers, son. I, yeah, that's right. So at the end, the, uh, the handler, possesses all three of these items and he becomes this mega just yeah. bad guy with a lightsaber that's possessing him with uh, an yeah. army of B1 battle droids and they just repeatedly say Roger Roger and uh, as Sheet said last week the more Roger Rogers we get the more happier we are. Let's not forget about are. the very end also we left on a pretty big cliffhanger with the handler falling into the lava but then the droid putting his hand over it and the handler grabbing his hand and laughing from beneath the lava. So beneath the lava of Mustafar, Vader's handler is cackling. So who knows what, what power this guy has? I mean, so we're hoping now we get a sequel terrifying tales too. Maybe it'll lead into the Christmas. I don't know if you've heard, but Taika Waititi is directing a, a sequel movie and, uh, this is set after after episode nine, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. I would probably be a bit disappointed <laughs> if uh, Tyka said, "You know what? We're going to build off that." You're telling me you wouldn't if if the man believed in it, you wouldn't trust it. At I would. I would yeah. trust it, and I would be very yeah. intrigued. I would be very very intrigued. But so my rating for this would probably be like a 2.5. Like it's, it's great for what it is. That's fair. I just feel like you have to rate this in the context of knowing what you're going to watch. Like I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 4.0 because I knew what I was clicking on when I started to watch it and it delivered. And then some, like I didn't expect (laughs) to laugh as much as I did. That's true. If we're grading it yeah. on a curve based on what it is, because you can't like compare this to the Mando no, season. No, I don't think you can, but or, you're not supposed to. No. Right. Um, so grading it on a curve, what it is, I'd probably go like 3.8, 3.9. Like even yeah, comparing it, was, it to it, the Christmas special, I thought this was funnier. I enjoyed this more. So. Yeah. It, it exceeded my yeah. expectations and uh, it was funny. And if you have like mm-hmm. an hour lunch at work, I'd hop on Disney Plus, just watch it. And, yeah, uh, I cool. agree. Well, guys, I think uh, that concludes our review of Terrifying Tales. We're going to take a little ad break and then I think we're going to talk about uh, The Ninth Jedi, Star Wars Visions Episode 5. We'll yes. catch you after the break. Hey! 
this month only come down to Dex's diner get half off all orders of Jawa juice <clears throat> the best eats in the Coco Town streets as I saw Obi-Wan hello Dex just wanted everyone to know this is the food they're looking for wow what do you know Come on down to Dex's Diner, located Coco Town in Coruscant. Just don't forget where your pocketbook is. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. You just heard from Dax again. Uh, I'm really happy that that guy is still in business. What do you think, Andy? Are you are you happy about Dax? Seems like a really nice guy. Uh, hygiene is questionable, but again, heard the food is absolutely great. Oh, totally, great. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, Much better than our ads no. didn't work out too well for a couple of our sponsors, but uh, they seem to have improved Dax's business quite a bit. So thanks everybody for for giving the guy a visit. And hey, don't don't be a slave trader and good yeah, things. Exactly. Like Just saying. Sorry, well, guys. Um, Sorry. I know the last few weeks we've discussed two or three episodes of Star Wars Visions, but I think this week we want to take just a special deep dive into Episode Five: The Ninth Jedi. Yeah, um, for me, this one is is probably going to be tough to beat. I would agree honestly. right up front. Um, this one uh, really blew my expectations away from what we have gotten in vision so far. Um, by far the most compelling story, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like I've said this over like everyone, but I would love for uh, this uh like this story to continue yeah. um, far more than any of the other uh, ones. This, uh, I'm not going to say it like blows episode one, the duel out of the water for me, but it, it does beat mm-hmm. it. I would love to see both continued, but. Um, so yeah, we'll just break it down uh, real quick. Again, um, spoilers for this and uh, this one will probably be a little more in depth um, just because I feel like there's yeah. a lot here. With this one, and that's why we're only doing uh, this one episode. Um, no offense to Tatooine Rhapsody, but <clears throat> this one needs a little more of, of a uh, in-depth conversation. He's still talking crap, um, ladies and gentlemen. I just so uh, we this episode starts off on uh, it's like asteroids above a planet, and there's a group of Jedi that got a uh, like a warning call from uh, his name was. Juro Margrave, I believe, was his name. Um, And this takes place way, 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 way in the future, um, where Jedi are, like, almost extinct. And this call was to unite any Jedi who answer it um, to kind of rebuild the Jedi Order. Um, So this group of Jedi, one of their names, I believe, was Ethan. Yeah, Ethan is... Um, one who turns out to actually be a Jedi. So, yes, um, that kind of threw me off because uh, all these names are like Zima, Kara, Margrave, and then there was oh yeah, there's Ethan. Maybe oh maybe Ethan came from Earth in the Star Wars multiverse. Maybe we don't know. Maybe um, so the Jedi arrive and they. They're not certain of if this call is a trap um, to eliminate them or if it's like this Margrave guy is actually on their mm-hmm. side. Um, so they're just waiting uh, 
and like this temple above the planet's surface uh, for this Margrave guy to yeah. arrive. Um, so while they're waiting, we get down to the actual planet, and there's a young girl by the name mm-hmm. of Kara, and her father is uh, Zima, and I believe that's how it's pronounced. And her father is a lightsaber blacksmith. Yes, something we um, never have had is, before, but seeing him hammering a kaiba crystal was pretty sick. Yeah, the closest we've got is uh, that Clone Wars arc with, <clears throat> excuse me, with Ahsoka taking the younglings to Ilum and constructing their yes. lightsaber. And, uh, and that deleted scene from Return of the Jedi with Luke constructing his new lightsaber. So this was cool to see um, someone actually, like you said, just like hammering out Kyber yeah. crystals. And he's, uh, Zima is explaining to Kara that she takes a lightsaber and she ignites it and the blade is clear. Like you can see through it. Like you can see the blade, it was like but transparent like it's parent dark saber. Yeah. It's like not even white. Like a soap is, it's just like a clear. And she's like, Oh, mm-hmm. what's wrong with it? And Zima was saying, well, um, I manipulated these Kyber crystals, um, so that it reflects how in tune you are with yeah. the force. Um, so the more in tune you get with the force, uh, the different color it will be. If you're a dark side user, it'll be red. If you're a light side user, it'll be blue or green. And uh, right now, Kara is so young, she's not really in tune with the force. So it's it's just mm-hmm. clear. Um, and so while he's explaining this, uh, these two hunters arrive to um, their little hut. And uh, because it's illegal to construct the lightsabers, um, and so they're going there to arrest Zima, probably kill him, and take the lightsabers. And so he gives the sabers to Kara, and she takes off in a scene that kind of reminds me of the uh, um, the on a speeder bike scene in Return of the Jedi, which I yeah. thought was pretty cool. Um. And so we end up on the, uh, on the planet where the other Jedi are waiting and Margrave presents a really cool looking Mm -hmm. lightsaber. It's like a really ancient one. That's kind of got like a cross guard with like tiny little, it has like an actual, it looks like, like if you were to see like a Royal sword from like, well, it, it actually, if you guys look up the Art of the High Republic, it looks a lot like the mm-hmm. Sabres from that era. So I was wondering if it was like the lightsaber, like thousands and thousands yeah. of years old. And so Ethan picks it up, and it's blue, and he's like, oh, that's cool. Um, and so Kara arrives with the lightsabers, and she's like, Are, is this for you guys? Like, I don't know, like, what happened. Um and they're like, yes. And they're still waiting on the Margrave. And so all the Jedi take a lightsaber and they ignite it. And then the first like massive twist of the show, they're all red. Dun, dun. And so you're like, oh. Oh, so they killed. They're all Sith. And they killed the Jedi with yep. the beacons. Um, and Margrave is actually a good guy. He's not setting a trap. Just for context, Margrave so, has like glowing. He had like glowing red eyes. Like 
they made it seem like he might be a bad guy. Yeah, very menacing yeah. looking. Very, but it turns out menacing. he was actually sending for these Jedi because he really did want to restore the Jedi Order. It just so happens that yeah. um, was it six of the beacons he found out were intercepted by Sith, and yes. those six yeah. Sith followed the beacon to the planet, and now we're at the point where they all have a red lightsaber, and we're going to battle. And uh, so Margrave arrives. He has what color was his saber? Was it? I want to say it was green. But let's Margrave was yeah. there the whole time. Let's not forget Margrave. There was a, a droid there who was like giving, telling, telling everyone like, "Oh, you just need to wait. He'll be here. The sabers will be here." And when it's kind of a Wizard of Oz type of yes. Behind the so when all of the the red sabers ignite, Margrave hops out of this droid like armor he had on, yeah. basically. And and so they're like staring down Kara and she pulls out a lightsaber and it's still like yeah. clear. And so her and Margrave are trying to go to town on the Sith. And it is so cool. The more that Kara fights, like mm-hmm. there's a more tint of yeah. green in her saber, the more she fights. And uh, she's fighting this one Sith. And I didn't like really understand what was happening at first, but once I did, it was mm-hmm. so cool. Um, she's battling this one Sith with her green saber and his red saber, and then all of a sudden, his saber turns yep. to purple, and she basically like says like, "Oh, like, so you're not like fully." They're still, they're still kind evil. of fighting at this point, though. It's not until. It's yeah. not until the whole battle's over and Margrave is like, okay, dude, you're not actually bad. Like, we've been buddies before. And he's like, yeah, I know. I just, all of the dark, like, the darkness around me kind of took over. I didn't know it was going on. Yeah, because there was, there was nothing left and it just it just took over and I just yeah. went with them. Um, and so the the episode ends with... Margrave and Kara and I forget the other um, Ethan obviously Ethan's there and uh, and the guy who turned from Sith back to Jedi uh, was there and uh, they take off to uh, to find more Jedi and reunite. Margrave basically says Um, like yeah they were intercepted but he doesn't think all those Jedi are dead he thinks they can find them right so they go on a big rescue mission. Um. So, what what were like your thoughts over this? Whole- I thought it was like super well done. I I don't know that I love the saber smith thing just because it's always been such a big deal. Like you have to construct your own saber, or you just won't have the bond with it. Like, I um, gotcha. It wasn't. It was just that. That's my only nitpick. Really, I loved the whole rest of the the yeah. episode. Yeah, I uh, I love the animation. I believe it was. Hold on. Um, uh, who was it? It was production IG, mm-hmm. and it really reminded me of like um, I don't know why this animation style did, but it reminded me of like the old like Batman cartoons and like the old like superhero cartoons. More, it felt. It had more of like an American cartoon style than like a Japanese yeah, anime yeah. style, in my opinion. Um, 
but I just, I love, love, love the idea of like a lightsaber like takes on your person. Yeah. I thought that was, that was a really neat twist. Um, I'm what, like, I would just love to know what would make someone's lightsaber blue versus green or like, right. Right. It, It could be like, I know there, I don't think it's official canon stuff, but you see stuff like online where like, you know, green is for more like of a, a war yeah. general and like mm-hmm. a warrior who like leads out in a blue saber were reserved for those who were more peaceful protectors. Yeah. Um, but then you have Anakin with a blue saber. So that kind of throws right. that out the window. So, but I love that idea. Um, I would really like to see that idea mm-hmm. continue. Maybe. Um, because we know that like Sith can make the Kyber crystal bleed right. to make it um, Sith. And like, maybe that's like what's happening. Like it's just like, they're so filled with hatred that the lightsaber and the Kyber crystal can sense but once, it. once you bleed um, a crystal, it's like almost impossible to turn it back. Like Ahsoka right. turned hers white after she snatched them from a couple of inquisitors, but it's almost impossible to get them unbled right um but yeah this was i mean i don't see how another episode could top this yeah it'll be tough like like i was like engaged the whole time with this one like some of the other ones i'm like okay like they're cool um but this one was like man i could do like a whole series uh like a whole series about this yeah about like who the Margrave was, um, like what happened to the Jedi to make him disappear like this. Uh, just, it was just blew my mind. I thought it was really cool. Um, my final rating for this one would probably be like a 4.8. Honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 4.9. I'm going to go. Yeah. Not this, like you always got to leave that point one, but I don't, know what could top this in in terms of especially in yeah. terms of these are 20 minutes or less they're self-contained stories i thought it was just so engaging oh for sure um and i'm i know we were talking about grading on a curve but i i feel like for me this is like a 4.8 no i agree artist. this like what what you're yeah. comparing it to um and if you guys are like kind of hesitant on visions or like man that's it's it's a big like kind of a culture shock of just like Star Wars yeah. for you, um, like you don't know if you'll like it. I can almost guarantee uh, just watching the Ninth Jedi will at least be worth yep. your time. Um, if you decide just to watch, if you decide just to watch one, just watch the Ninth Jedi, and uh, it'll be like I said, it'll definitely be worth your time and uh, one of the best like. Star Wars stories we've yeah, gotten. So it in felt a while. very Star Warsy. A lot of these have felt anime with Star Wars the, elements. This one felt like the animation style was kind of Japanese, but for the most part, it felt like Star Wars. Yeah, and the score. Yeah. I believe the score was very mm-hmm. much um, as close to John Williams or Kinder Brothers yeah. as we can get. Um, so that was great. But uh, yeah, I really don't have anything else to say about it. I just. I was gushing about it. I've watched it like three yep. times now. Um, I I know as soon as I, I watched it, I think last Wednesday, 
and I kept uh, mm-hmm. bugging you. Like, did you watch it yet? Did you watch it yet? Did you watch it yet? Because it was just, it was so great. And uh, I even have a friend who isn't uh, like a huge anime fan, so he wasn't yeah. going to watch it. And I said, man, you just got to watch just this one. And he was like, yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was really cool, really yeah. unique. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was our ninth Jedi review. I think that leaves us with just one thing left for this week, and that's a... Uh... How's it rated? This episode seven of our podcast within a podcast, everyone's second favorite of the two uh, this week. Andy, uh, Senator Salty Organa, how's it rated? Ooh, Senator Bail Organa. Ah, oh. overrated. Let's hear it. I feel like he did much. Um, I love Jimmy uh-huh. Smith's. Uh, but like at the end of episode three, I feel like he didn't really do a whole ton. He didn't really fight for like the Republic Uh much. Um, like the biggest thing he did was, uh, was like save Yoda or like help Yoda escape. I mean, he obviously he took in Leia, but like, is that all? It doesn't. You don't sound like someone who's uh, read any any novels or watched any animated shows. Or well, I mean, I just th- those are like the two biggest things that like stick out uh-huh. in my mind. That yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the the plot could have progressed very nicely, like without him. And I mean, he went out like a chump. <laughs> I mean, he was there on, like, Autoron, just like, man, honey, I didn't know there was a solar eclipse. Oh, and then that was it. Like, that was it. So, I mean, I don't, like, hate the guy, but... I want to start um, by saying I think he's underrated. But I I also want to say, you're saying overrated, but how often do people talk about Bail Organa that he's overrated? I don't... don't, I don't ever get on Twitter. I don't get on Twitter and see like, oh, Bell Organa's trending. That guy's like, people love that guy. He's way overrated. For me, make Organa a Star Wars story. (laughs) Make it. He's underrated for me because he's he's not talked about. And there's quite a few things that I don't think would. That's fair. There's quite a few things I don't think would have happened without him. So obviously, we know he saves Yoda. He takes in Leia. So just starting there, we wouldn't get a big portion of the plot we have in the original trilogy. On top of that, in the Ahsoka novel, we find out we Ahsoka only joins the Rebel Alliance because of this connection she makes with Bail Organa. Okay. So, okay. You might you might you might talk me into this one. Okay. Keep going. All right. Keep so going. basically Ahsoka finds Bail. Bail helps her kind of rescue some friends and then from there that's where that's where we get Fulcrum. That's where Fulcrum comes from. Right. That is so right. we wouldn't get Ahsoka's entire like Rebels plot line. We wouldn't have the new Ahsoka show being able to really happen. I mean, Bale. So that, that's, that's three fair. like super cool characters that have that have directly benefited from Bail Organa being in the show, being in the series. That's fair. I guess uh guess I just get salty because I, I didn't feel like he did enough on a political <laughs> basis to fight for his cause. But let's not I, forget the guy <laughs> did 
come to the Jedi Temple and almost got shot to death. Like, he he's not a soldier, but he tried his very best. I mean... What's going on? <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. It's time for you to leave. <laughs> and so <did>. No! <laughs> George Lucas kid yeah. dies. Um, no, I guess you're right. I guess... Uh, I don't know why. I've just, like, always imagined him just, like, sitting there uh-huh. and water on. Like, man, our rebels are doing yeah. great work. Haven't heard of anything. And then just... Just yep. done. Um... But, I mean, who knows? He might have... We never saw the body. He still might yeah, be you don't out know. there. He might not have died. We, we don't know. If, he, we if don't. you're saying he died like a chump, I guess you're just saying uh, everyone in Rogue One died like a chump at the end, too. Yeah, no, but they, like... <laughs> I mean, going out like that, just, like, that just sucks yeah. regardless, because, like, there's nothing yeah. you can do, like... In my opinion, that's going out like a chump. Where you're like, well, yeah, the, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's got maybe he's down on the planet, like in a blaster battle with some stormtroopers. You don't know. That'd be cool. See, that'd be cool. No, I think uh, I, I would like to yeah learn more or have more content um, about Bail Organa, which we could possibly get again in the yeah Andor we could series. for sure. Um, because uh, I know he was. With, um, he was in there and he was mm-hmm. with Cassian puffing stuff out, so that's a big possibility. But I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I guess you're right. He's in a series, so we, we in a series first, first, in a series first, ladies and gentlemen, one of us has convinced the other one that they were wrong. Don't expect that every week. I, I guess it's just because, uh, feel like I have the energy to fight vigorously to prove that uh, Bail Organa... Well, no, a- ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about last week's argument about double-bladed lightsabers because the final tally was two votes to one in favor of the double-bladed lightsaber. Well, and uh, I, I think I have the final tie break. I know it wasn't a tie, but I feel like I have the final two votes here in uh, Terrifying Tales because Darth Maul came in with a double-bladed lightsaber and uh, General Grievous came in with four lightsabers and uh, they all ended up on the ground and dispersed. And, four uh, the separate king... lightsabers is not the same as two interconnected lightsabers. We were talking about multifaceted. That's I disagree. That's just multiple lightsabers. Multifaceted, multifaceted. Uh, anyway, besides that's besides the point. Terrifying tales not canon. Therefore, the two votes to one ah. stands up in favor of the double bladed lightsaber. Sorry, rural farm boy, but you were outvoted by a uh, a listener who happens ah. to live in the same house as me, and a listener who works with Andy. So, and uh, my my wife, uh, when I asked her, looked at me and. Uh, didn't say a single <laughs> word, so uh, we put that down as a no comment. So that's that would have been ever, the time. If we but. get to a point where we have uh, a lot more listeners, we can revisit the double bladed lightsaber talk and give Andy another shot to get his point across. But for now, I win. For now, sheets uh, concede. So yes, <laughs> I. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was this week's How's It Rated. Uh, everyone's second favorite podcast within a podcast on Banter on Bestman. 
I don't really have a whole lot else to say this week, Andy. Did you have anything else to add? Uh, no. Um, I, uh, I guess um, Star Wars Newsnet said that uh, we could get Obi-Wan starting in May uh-huh. of next year. And uh, if you look ahead at that calendar, I believe May 4th is on a Wednesday. So I could not imagine a better way to kick off Star Wars Day than uh, sitting down and watching the season premiere of Obi-Wan. You heard it here, folks. Uh, so, Andy will be ignoring his wife on her birthday in order to watch episode one of Obi-Wan. I'll, I'll wake up earlier to watch it so I can spend uh, spend my day with my lovely bride on a Wednesday afternoon, possibly at the river. All right, all right, that's fair. I think we would all love to see yeah. some Obi-Wan on May the 4th. I think that would get everyone in the mood with the holiday and everything for sure. And uh, again, that that is not confirmed. That's just uh, it's rumored to be starting in May, and it's it's not confirmed. It, it would... But if it is, then you heard it here first. Tell all your exactly. friends we are exactly. breaking we... news constantly. Again, we're known for news breaking yes. authority. Um, but no, and I, uh, yeah, that's all I really had. And the next week we'll probably do our normal two to three episodes we of have, Visions. What, four more to go. So if there if there's nothing substantial, who knows? Maybe we'll get through them all. Uh, yeah, we might just knock them all out, and uh, and uh, hopefully we're inching closer to a Book of Boba Fett yep. trailer, so we can talk about that and break that down a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, Book of Boba Fett is um, just a little over two months away, about two and a half yep. months away. So um, probably the first couple of weeks of December, um, we'll really break that down in mm-hmm. full detail with uh, full predictions and everything like we did. So yeah, that's yeah, all that's I have. That's all I have too. Thanks for joining us guys. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, may the force be with you.